Welcome to episode 5 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Uh, I hope your aquascapes are looking good. I hope you're having a good week. Joining us today as usual is our co-host, Sean, a.k.a. Shadow Mac from the forums. Today we'll be talking about the internet, hardscaping, and much more, so stay tuned. Do you think the internet maybe has too much influence? You know, I'm setting up my, or I'm planning to set up my next uh, scape, and I've been trying to make a, you know, a conscious effort to go outside and just, you know, hang out, take a drive, take a walk, and just kind of let that seep into my thought process. But do you think the internet may have too much influence on our aquascaping? That's a really good question. Um, I think we can't rely on it totally and completely uh, because everybody's idea of what they like, I mean, is different. And so if you're trying always to hit a target or, you know, to make something that everybody else likes, you know, you really should be building an aquascape for what you enjoy. Uh, and you also don't want to lose sight of what nature looks like. I actually talked about some of this in the hardscape episode that um, it's important to uh, get out in nature. If you just start looking at lots of aquascapes, um, you're going to build aquascapes like them and you're gonna i think lose the the natural organic way of aquascaping which is where a lot of these great scapes come from right and that's how amano did it i mean he 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 was out in nature and uh you know took what he saw and just applied it into an aquarium setting yeah yeah and um the internet i mean i i and i try to talk about this a bit it is really a powerful tool especially for me there's no local hobbyists and i think that's something that is great if you have a local hobbyist club try to join them get to know them interact with them that is one of the best ways to learn right Um, you can see tanks in person i unfortunately i've never seen someone else's aquascape in person i've never seen someone else's yeah me neither Uh, and and I, i you know i wish i could have seen um, you know what some of these people their tanks these great aquascapes in person because I could have seen different aspects of you know how are they running what's the flow look like right um, how are these things really planted and, and I think even the photos the photos are so deceptive they are very very deceptive because they're taken at you know at the peak of the aquascape and so they show things you know, in the, at their best. And I think it, that can give us false expectations for how things are supposed to look or develop. And they also really distort our, our sense of, um, of scale, of perspective. That's a good aquascape does that. But if we're trying to learn how to replicate that, um, it's hard to get past those, those distortions or how that, those illusions so that we can replicate it. And then, you know, that's why I keep, I, and I've mentioned this before, and I really think it'd be cool to see um, videos being submitted of aquascapes as part of contests. And maybe it's not the final judging criteria, but maybe it's a, it's a component of the point system, you know, a small component, component. But it'd be really cool to see that because then, you know, we start to address the aquascapes in a sense and you can see different techniques and you can also, I think, get a better idea if people are, are kind of trying to pull one over on right. judges or or even those who are viewing the aquascapes yeah it's harder um, to doctor up uh you know a straight uh video clip uh you know photoshop is so easy to make you know anything look really good almost yeah, almost and, anything 
In the past, I mean, it's been funny. Uh, I haven't, I don't think this last year IPLC I, I saw any, but in the past, people have pointed out various photos in their places that were photoshopped, and they were poorly photoshopped. I yeah. mean, you know, you could see this this same bunch of Anubias show up in a couple spots on the, <laughs> on the photo, and it's like, this is exactly the same. Um, it's almost comical. Uh, and then, you know, these the, those scapes aren't placing in the top 10, of course, but... Um, you know, video, I think, would be really cool. As far as for, for people really getting into the hobby and beginning, it helps to unlock, kind of like I said, the kind of the secrets are how things look, how they operate, all of that. Um, so I'd really like to see people sharing more videos of their aquascapes. All right, it's time for today's quick tip. Don't throw away your old credit cards and gift cards. Uh, they work really well as substrate supports. If you're building up an embankment or uh, you're building up your substrate on one side of the aquarium or whatever you're doing, uh, they work really well at keeping everything in place. Just cut them to size and insert them uh, vertically into the substrate just like you're making a retaining wall. and It'll help keep everything in place once you flood the tank. So I was just looking at Facebook, actually, and I was looking at George Farmer's new, uh, that big uh, tank he has, the custom E-Reef, and he asked uh, for suggestions on planting, and this kind of goes into, I think, the recording that you you said you were just doing here on Hardscape, maybe, and uh, he asked, you know, what should I plant here, and like three or four people were like, uh, you know, don't plant anything. It looks good just as it is. So do you think we're really going towards more of like all Hardscape? Yeah, that's a good question. It, I, I think we're seeing that move. Um, I mean, the diorama styles and even, like I said, I think a lot of times it sometimes is driven by the contests. Uh, when you see people using these slow-growing plants in, in mosses generally as their entire you know planting repertoire and they're doing well, people want to do that and, and it becomes – it kind of becomes its own thing. And I'm hoping, my hope is it's a fad. But right. I do see that a lot. And while hardscape only tanks can be really good, I think um, Aquarium Design Group out of, uh, out of the U.S. here in Texas, they have some of my favorite hardscape only designs. And the thing that dro- drove them towards it was, um, you know, they make tanks for clients. And so they have to consider what is the client willing to do as far as maintenance or work and what are, what are you know, we doing um, for that and what's wor- works best for everyone. And sometimes that's a hardscape only tank. Right. Um, but I, I do see that push. Uh, it was funny in the, I, you know, um, with hardscape, sometimes you want to tell people like if it looks good all on its own, then you've got a good hardscape. Now let's put some plants in there and make it better right right i mean that's my thought uh if you get a really good hardscape you're gonna feel it looks good right as it is um but again that that i think goes to those two types of hardscapes that i talk about in the in, in the hardscape episode is there's that dominant hardscape where the hardscape's doing all the work i mean it's really doing everything for the scape and you see that in the dioramas and the mountainscapes and and things like that some of the minimalist type styles um but then you also have this other t- 
type that I think we're losing a bit of or we're not seeing a lot of is is using hardscape as the bones or the scaffolding of the scape. Right. It it starts to it it builds up, you know, dimension and layering, but you don't see it in the end. And I think that's why maybe we're losing it is it's not getting enough credit for what it's doing. Right. Um, you know, you you don't see it under all the moss or the epiphytes and building those layers of plants. I think, you know, for using hardscape, it, it really helps you set up a good, strong mid-ground. Um, and then having it kind of spill a little into the foreground is, is a good way to use it. Um, and unfortunately, I think, yeah, we do see a lot of scapers using a lot of just hardscape only. And you mentioned George Farmer's tank, and I haven't seen that tank, but he did do one of probably my all-time favorite salt tanks um, that seemed to just dabble oh, really? a little. Yeah, and it dabbled a little into the planet tank realm because he used macroalgaes. Huh. And it was really, uh, I'll have to send you a picture, or maybe we'll include the picture in, in show notes or something like that. But Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even know that he was into uh, reef aquariums or salt aquariums uh, at all, so that, that's cool. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite um, salt aquascapes, and it made me start pondering a little bit like, hey... Oh no! <laughs> I'm not going to go to the dark side. Um, <laughs> there's way too much I like to do with planet tanks, and I don't have an RO system or lots of all that gadgets. Um, I don't know if I want to go down that route. My wife may actually kill me. <laughs> Hello, Aquascaping Podcast listeners. Uh, this is Sean here aka shadow mac on the forums uh, i also go by sean mac or ultra blue on a couple forums i think uh some people ask me how i came up with the name shadow mac and to be honest with you there wasn't a lot of thought into it about 11 years ago um i was looking to make a gamer tag for xbox live my nickname was mac and so i punched in mac and it gave me shadow mac randomly generated type of thing uh, and so there you have it. That's become my online handle, and I just ran with it, kept it, because I really didn't want to spend the time to think of something else. Uh, so today I do want to talk to you guys about the Internet. Um, the Internet, I think, has been something that has just revolutionized uh, the hobby of planet tank keeping and aquascaping. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about, Um there's a lot of good things to the internet and there's also some kind of negative things or at least things to be aware of when using the internet uh, to learn or to share uh, information about uh, your aquascaping or learning about planet tanks or plants. Uh, so first, let's just start off with, you know, what are the good things? How did the internet change everything? And, um, you know, I think one of the first things you might want to talk to is an old hobbyist uh, out there who may have been around before the days of the internet. I definitely wasn't. When I came into this, there was a lot of stuff out there already. Um, I haven't been in the hobby for terribly long. Um, one place that I, I've heard old hobbyists talk about when the internet first came out is this place called The Crib. And now I actually have come across crib posting still when I do a search for information and I have found that you can find a lot of really good, solid quality information on the crib. I think uh, the crib isn't subject to this um, overwhelming amount of information, many of it contradictory, that we can find on the forums. 
uh, today. I think there's a lot of good quality stuff there. There was better kind of, I guess, quality control of the information. Um, and so I do always appreciate it when I find a link to something on the crib or learn something new from the crib. So just because it's old doesn't mean that it's not useful uh, to you today. What do you think if Amano uh, started Nature Aquarium today, you know, with social media and, uh, you know, all everything that's kind of going on now, do you think it would be different than the way he developed it when he did? That's a hard question Um, because you you look at the influence he's had up to this point. I mean, there's a lot of people have tried to emulate his style. And so I guess if he hadn't done that, where would we be? Let's take out Nature Aquarium completely. We may be still a lot of people doing the Dutch aquariums, which are beautiful, um, but they're very different. Right. Um, Or or the kind of unstructured planet tanks uh you know maybe the hobby planet tanks would be a lot like the the reefers as far as just collecting and growing plants and not really thinking about the composition or how it looks in nature um i think you'd still have a lot of the biotopes um you know those are kind of a neat uh, little niche of of the hobby um if he started it today i think he'd still be viewed as someone who kind of started to revolutionize how people look at it um and how they approach aquascaping um, I think the hobby is is as big as it is because of him and because of what he's done. So I think you know you'd still see a lot of that growth. It's it's hard to say if it would spread the same way. It's had the time to do so, and I mean in the U.S. it it still is pretty small compared to say the reefing hobby. You know, yeah, that's that's hard to say if it would still be the same size. Um, it would probably be pretty small, and who knows if you or I would even be here right now right. without his influence yeah um, gosh that's that's such a hard question yeah I don't, I don't really know how to answer that yeah I, I i don't know if it would you know it's it's kind of, yeah it is tough because you know he came at a time you know where I, you know i'm not even really sure i don't think the internet was around when he first started um you know he was relying heavily on photographs uh to get his you know work out there um, and it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day, and it's kind of a, a complicated, you know, thought. You know, like we were saying, he started out in nature, and the last step in his process was a photograph. And now we're kind of like working that whole thing in reverse, uh, where we're, a lot of us are starting with a photograph or something that we see online, and we're working backwards to deconstruct it into nature. So there's like this weird thing going on. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but... That is so meta, Jay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, though. I think that's a really interesting thought that we're working working backwards there. And I think even when, uh, for me, um, I didn't really get into photography much until I started aquascaping. And so when I would go out into, you know, I like to go go hiking and backpacking, um, and get out in nature when I can. And I started taking a, a, a camera with me and I looked, I started looking at my photographs as I would an aquascape, you know, how is this framed? Where's the focal area, you know? Right. And yeah. it actually improved the look of my photographs. Right. Um, I'm kind of happy with a lot of them now, whereas before I'm like, ah, that's just okay. You know, whereas now I think some of them, I, I actually hang them in my house where I would have never done that before. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. There, there's definitely a correlation between the two. And it, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, I think people who come from a photography background have an unfair advantage over the rest of us. Um, 
because they, they you've learned to look at at your composition uh, in a way that maybe many of us haven't, and so you're kind of ahead on on how to put that into into the aquarium so that it'll come through in a photograph nicely. Yeah, and I think people do tend to overcomplicate things, uh, at least with like photography. With me, over time, I've learned just to simplify things you know, way, way down. Uh, and whatever isn't adding to the image really is, is detracting from it. So like in a photograph, if you're looking at it and you look around the image, if that isn't adding to what your subject is, then it shouldn't be in there. And that's really the same thing. I think in aquascaping, you know, you have like a, a, you know, a main point that you're trying to make or focal point. Uh, and if it isn't adding to that, it shouldn't be in the aquascape. That's a good way of looking at it. I think, you know, people point to those terms, you know, less is more or keep it simple, stupid. Um, it, and that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, I know I try to tell myself that a lot more as I've moved on um, because I would really try to make things too complex, lots of different plants, and it just became overly chaotic. I mean, it just didn't look cohesive. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, you can definitely add elements that will start to detract from the overall impression of the look. Um, so putting a lot more in doesn't mean you're getting more out of it. Right. Another thing that's been great about the internet is it's allowed hobbyists not just to share information about uh, how to how to get into the hobby, how to grow plants, um, various different aspects of the hobby, but it's also allowed uh, everyone to share techniques. Um, it's been kind of cool uh, using like YouTube to see how someone might build up just really steep slopes in their aquascape or how they build um, a scape with this really kind of um, illusion of, you know, far, far distance and depth and uh, or scale. You know, these things are hard to explain just in a forum post but when you can see pictures or video of it actually occurring, I think that's something that's really, really great and really cool. And it's always nice to see some good YouTube channels doing that. There's a lot of good YouTube channels out there. I'm just going to throw a few out there for you. Um, I've been trying to keep a post up on aquascapingworld.com about useful uh, YouTube channels. Uh, so I'm just going to share a few with you. I think the ADA uh, view channel is really good you can see them putting together aquascapes you can see finished aquascapes um so that's a really nice one tropica has a really great uh youtube channel um i think one of the my favorite uh videos of theirs i like to post or reference is a little bit about um just how you how you prepare plants for for planting how you remove them from the pots um how you plant them uh, positions of the tank they might look nice in that type of a thing it's a really good instructional video especially if you're new to the hobby um, and haven't uh, maybe dealt with some plants or different uh, different things before another uh, aquascaping channel that i really like on youtube is the green machine uh, james finley of the green green machine puts together these really great instructional videos basically shows you from the start of a project to the end of the project and i think this is something that's really valuable uh, as a hobbyist to see how someone puts together an aquascape, particularly if it's an aquascape that you really like. Um, and he's got, a, he's got a unique style, and it's really neat to see um, some of the innovative techniques that he is putting out there and sharing with hobbyists uh, so we can all improve our craft. Um, so just another one, uh, I like ADG Vibe. They got some nice videos on there, uh, mostly of, of tanks that they do. 
Uh, it's less instructional, but uh, we can always use some good inspiration. Uh, and then there's Definite Aquascape, which is another cool play, uh, cool video where they, they actually go places to conventions. You look at uh, manufacturers, what they're doing, what, what hobbyists are doing, what professional aquascapers are doing, and they kind of update you on those types of things. Um, so that's, that's a couple of my favorites. Uh, there's lots of other ones out there. You can find uh, plenty of professional aquascapers with YouTube channels sharing lots of good tips. Um, and so, you know, go out there and check it out. It, you won't be disappointed in most cases. Uh, some really good stuff out there. It's been helpful to me, and hopefully it's helpful to you. What are your thoughts on getting advice uh, online in general? Uh, in general, I think it's really good. It's good to get out there, um, but at the same time, I think it's important to keep some things in mind that, one, everyone's going to have a different opinion. You're going to be told lots of different ways uh, of doing something. Most of the time, that's okay. It's good. You got a lot of options. You can pick what you like. Um, You don't have to listen to anybody if you don't want to, as far as arrangement of hardscape and things. And eventually, you're going to have to pick a time and you just say, okay, let's plant this, you know? Right. Because with, with when people, especially critiquing hardscape, it can go on forever. Um, I think it's good to get an idea of what looks good or maybe some things that are really um, off with how you're doing things. Uh, my The common thing I see a lot is people shoving their hardscape into the corners or the backs. It's something someone new really does a lot. I think I did um, when I first started. And getting that kind of feedback like, hey, you shouldn't do that, put them in this position or around here. But as far as, you know, getting people to critique you about, hey, move that rock two inches to the left and angle it down 10 more degrees. I mean, that's that starts to get a little monotonous and you can do that all day. Yeah. And, and I was just watching a video by James, uh, James Finley, and he mentioned that, you know, if you take too much time and you put too much emphasis on, you know, getting everything absolutely perfectly, you kind of lose, like, the soul of the aquascape. I think that's a great point. Absolutely. And and at some point we want to move towards where we can do it in a much more natural uh, kind of organic process where you have some de- general ideas or rules that are good to follow for the look you're going for. And if you can use those to create the look you want but don't focus too much on it you know i think you know think of it as an art process an art form and you know you don't have to follow a lot of rules if you don't want to Um, do it naturally look at it and as you do more you're going to get better at it it's going to become more natural Um, some of these positions and arrangements or where to put focal points and things are just going to come more naturally Right. And don't overthink it, especially when you're starting, um, because really when just beginning, the complete design component will come later. You're going to probably struggle growing some plants. You're going to probably put a plant in there that should have never been in that aquascape and you're going to hate it or want to move it. I mean, that's good. That's the process. You're climbing the learning curve. um, So don't don't overthink it. Absolutely. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Um, Losing the soul of the aquascape. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and the aquascape too kind of takes on a life of its own. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, the the hardscape just kind of being the skeleton, and sometimes it even gets completely covered um, by the plants. And 
you know, I tend to forget, you know, I'm a beginner here, but I tend to forget that the plants will kind of take on a life of their own and, and, and grow in ways that I would not have been able to plan, you know, even if I tried. But maybe that's just my inexperience. But I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, you know, the, the aquascape will change over time and take on its own life. Yeah, and it's it's really good to let the plants kind of do their thing. Um, and that's something I'm trying to do more of is don't fight them so much. Um, don't fight the the disorganization of the plants. I mean, they're, if they're healthy and growing well, um, they're going to look good. I mean, for the most part, they'll look nice no matter where you put them. Um, there's better places, of course, and good arrangement with a hardscape, but do a lot to make an aquascape look look nice and don't fight them so much. I think that's something I'm trying myself let them get a little wild uh, because, you know, it, it looks more natural. As with all things, you know, there aren't all just pros uh, to it. Uh, the Internet does have some cons. And I think the biggest one, and I think we see this in a lot of different things, not just, you know, the aquascaping or planet tank forums. We see it just in the Internet in general is there's a lot of information. There is a just a vast amount of information, and not all of it's good. In fact, a lot of it is pretty incorrect or bad information or misleading. Uh, and so navigating that information and determining what is good and helpful and what isn't is a real challenge. And I know it was very challenging for me to start off with. And my strategy for trying to kind of comb through it all was I would look to see if that information was being used or those techniques or thoughts or ideas were elsewhere. And if I started to see a common theme or thread uh, between the forums and, and people who are having success, you know, I would give that, that technique, that idea um, a lot more credit. And taking a uh, skeptic as default approach will help you get through that um it definitely wouldn't steer anyone away from the forums um, but being able to share those experiences with others and having people push you forward or help you along uh is is great and i think that's something that the aquascaping hobby planet tank hobbyists do um very very well uh did you know that blue-green algae is actually not an algae, but it is a photosynthetic cyanobacteria? Like other algaes, it uses light to grow, and it can be a sign of reduced plant health or degrading water quality in our tanks. Uh, it's also rather unsightly, and so we want to remove it when we find it. Some of the best ways to remove it are first to scrape it away from any surfaces where it may be growing on equipment or glass. Generally, you'll find it along the edge of the substrate, creeping into your foreground or other plants. Uh, sometimes you can find it clinging to stem plants and coating them if it's getting really bad. Uh, so trim away any affected leaves, siphon out the pieces that you find, uh, cut away the grass, scrape it away from equipment and siphon that out. Then follow up those spots where it was growing with a spot treatment of hydrogen peroxide. You can do this submerged or you can do it at a water change with reduced water levels so you can put it directly uh, onto those parts and it won't be diluted by the water. Uh, I would recommend staying away from antibiotics. A lot of people will promote using uh, erythromycin to treat the entire tank. The problem with using antibiotics is there are they are non-discriminatory, and so they will also kill the bacteria in your biofilter, and this can lead to more problems than, uh, than is helpful. And so I would avoid antibiotics, uh, remove it, 
spot treat it, and then improve those things around your tank that could be impacting um, the poor plant health or the bad water quality. You know, up your maintenance, water change routine, clean your filter more often, um, and maybe check out your dosing schedule to see if you're giving the plants everything that they need. The internet also has served as a, as a great source of inspiration for us as hobbyists. I know I probably wouldn't even be in the hobby if it wasn't for the internet. You know, uh, I started by one day just seeing some plants in an, a local fish store and thinking, "All right, I'm going to put those in my in my aquarium." And I had never grown plants before; no idea what I was doing. I had a typical cliche, uh, tacky tank with uh, with gravel and a and a bubbling sailor and a shipwreck and you know all the bad stuff all the stuff that those of us in the planet tank hobby or the aquascaping realm uh, consider blasphemy Uh, so i had that at one point and i think we've all started there or most of us have started there but when i found the photos online after i killed my plants of course the first time and decided i'd find out what i was doing for real i saw the photos of takashi amano and i went wow I mean, that's what pops up when you Google aquascaping. A lot of times you're going to see some of his photos and those top results. And I was just floored. I couldn't believe those were aquariums. I had no idea. And without the internet, I would have never had an idea. Um, To this day, I'm probably the only person I can think of in my near area that's doing this. I've tried to find other hobbyists. I've tried to get the local fish store involved more um, because I'd like to see more hobbyists locally involved. Um, But I can't find them. And so the internet... Uh, was that source of inspiration for me and I'm glad it did that Uh, many of you probably have a very similar story of starting out that way going online and finding these photos of aquariums that just you know amazed you Uh, and that's something that's really cool that we wouldn't have had uh, without the internet All right, I'm going to wrap up the episode here, guys. Thanks again for joining us on the Aquascaping Podcast. For show notes and information, go to aquascapingpodcast.com or send us an email at aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you had fun, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. i uh-huh.